0: This episode of Control Aut Delete is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. Listening on your phone? Now you can pay while you listen, using the same device. Just tap and go. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city consumer credit and debit cards. Hello, and welcome to Control, Alt, Delete, a priority notification from The Verge. Uh, That intro (laughs) comes from Craig Addison on Twitter. He's at Craig Add, Add, Adam, tell him thank you, and send us more intros because we love them. Uh, But I am Neil Patel, I'm the editor in chief of The Verge, joined as always by the Walter Cation himself, Walter Mossberg. (laughs) Uh, Executive editor of The Verge.
1: Is it me or is it AI? You don't know.
0: An uh, editor and, and larger of Recode. Hi, hey, Walt. Yes. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, it's going fine. And this week we have a new feature. Uh, given that intro, every other paragraph will trigger a flood of notifications to our <laughs> listeners' phones.
0: <laughs> They're coming for you. Uh, like, so, Eli's wh- just said this. Walt
1: just said this, you know, and yeah. it'll just it'll just pop up on your lock screen.
0: Yeah, whenever Walt refers to me as old, <laughs> it'll send off a flood of notifications. So actually, you know, we, last week we did this whole thing on notifications. A bunch of people tweeted me and pointed out that Android N, Nougat, named yep. after, I insist, unbelieving, uh, named after Lauren cat, cat yeah. uh, actually has a bunch of priority notification settings. Uh, and I have been on the fence, I was saying this to Walt, I've been on the fence about switching to Android full-time, basically. I have uh, Nexus 6P that's like, my second phone, and in this world, you know, one of them becomes your primary phone. I think with Nougat, I might switch to it for a while and see how it goes. But then Walt pointed out to me that even if I do that, like, the whole rest of the world isn't getting that feature for years to come.
1: Yeah. Because of the terrible, terrible uh, slow adoption rate of new versions of Android. But Neelai can adopt quickly. I am and I can excited adopt for quickly. it. The
0: last thing keeping me on iOS, tr- really and truly, uh, is iMessage. But I'll just carry my iPhone around too. But I, it, it, it is just interesting to note that because Android versions don't roll out so quickly, they can do a whole thing like priority yeah. notifications and N, which looks great actually. Um, but it's just going to take a while for that to become a default because app developers have no incentive to support it for a while.
1: But that's right.
0: I'm re- I, I just want the listeners right. to know. I I also I don't
1: tweets. know, and I don't know if you know, because uh, I haven't looked... I, I have it, uh, actually, and I haven't played with every single aspect of it, and it will change anyway, but I don't know whether Apple did anything different with their... They have pretty granular notification controls, but not that slider priority idea, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll I, see. I, I mean, on... on Android Marshmallow, it's terrible. And uh, I mean it's every bit as bad, maybe worse than on the iPhone because uh, there's actually less granularity to the controls. And uh, I just – I finally I, – I have – and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Uh, I've been using a uh, Samsung Galaxy uh, S7 Edge for the column I wrote this week and it keeps making noises at me. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's horrific, and so I just turned the whole fucking noises thing off. <laughs> so,
0: well, Samsung's so. default noises, in particular, the water drop sounds.
1: Yeah, I, I, know, I don't. Know I doing. know. It's very. I'm strange. like trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to read the sports section. You know, I really don't want to hear it. I uh, don't want to hear it.
0: Well, we should get into uh, nature UX sound effects side. Uh, I think I believe that's what Samsung calls it. Uh, we should get into it. So uh, this was. Uh, I had a great time. Reading this column and editing it because it reminded me of how tech innovation used to work. Because you had these like upstart network providers that would need custom hardware and push things forward, and so so on and so forth. Uh, this is not exactly that, but it's a new-ish wireless company. It's been around for a few years, and they right. and they have always been trying to bridge the gap. It's called Republic Wireless, always trying to bridge the gap between cell and Wi-Fi, and. You're saying they've finally kind of gotten there and it might be worth a it might be worth a look.
1: Exactly. Um they started in I think 2011 and their whole idea is look, most people are in Wi-Fi uh, 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 or, or I, mean, I don't know if it's most people but a very very large number of the people that buy and use smartphones a lot are in Wi-Fi a large part of their day at work at home uh at Starbucks, wherever it is, airports, whatever, they're in Wi-Fi. And so – and cell phone services are expensive. So why don't we do this over Wi-Fi and just use the cell network as a backup? And in 2011, they – and right until very recently, they had to actually modify the ROM on the phone. And so they had to do a deal with a handset maker and buy a certain number and modify them. And they did a deal with Motorola. And the first phone they had was a piece of junk. And then they eventually worked their way up to where they could offer the Moto X, which is a pretty good phone. And But they still – it had to be specially from them. What they're doing now – and they're and their only backup cellular network because a big part of this is when you're out of Wi-Fi range – The call just seamlessly transfers to the cell network, and in their case, the only cell network they had to accomplish that was Sprint, which has many problems of coverage, as you know, and so here's what's happened, and here's what caused me to write the column. First of all, they have now figured out a way to not have to specially modify the ROM of phones, so now they have seven Android phones, one of which is the Moto X, but including both versions of the Galaxy S7, which is the best and best-selling Android phone uh, in this country. Outselling
0: have- the iPhone. We actually ran a story from That's the, right. Cancer Research Day. Currently outselling the iPhone success.
1: Correct. Uh, they have two – both both of the new latest Nexuses. They have a few other Samsungs in there and they have a couple of Motos. And they have the capability to do this on other phones. In fact, you can bring uh, – you can go buy your own unlock new or used unlocked phone if it's one of these seven and bring it and put their SIM in it and it will work. There is a, an app – but you're not this is very important. You're not dialing through their app, you're not texting through their app. Their app is just for settings and you know, checking your usage and things like that. And of course, under the hood it's it's enabling their service, but you don't know anything about that. You're just using the the default dialer, the default messaging thing, whatever, and they're taking care of all of it. So many more phones, more to come, unlocked. You can quit them and take the same phone and put Verizon somebody else's SIM in it and use it. They have two networks now, Sprint and T-Mobile. Sprint is actually gearing up for the new version of their technology. So they're like not on these newest phones yet, but will be in a, in a matter of months T-Mobile is there today, and they also have a new technology where they have, they very cleverly extend the range and quality of Wi-Fi calls by filling in any gaps with cellular data, which they – so basically your call is running over what they call a bonded channel of primarily Wi-Fi but with backup from cellular. Uh, this is all done in the cloud, and they have – Patents on it and so forth. You hear that term with other companies and other things, and I'm sure it's all very legitimate. But their thing is a little different, and you know they have some. They're still they're cheaper than they were before, and they're they're cheaper than than the big guys. They 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 have plans uh, which have which really are unlimited except for the amount of cellular data you're going to use when you're not in Wi-Fi range and. That cellular data starts at one gigabyte. I think it's $10 or $15 for the plan. And then there's 20 for two gigabytes, which they think is going to be their most popular plan because they don't think they're they find their customers aren't using more than two typically. And then it goes up Yeah, it there. seems
0: like if you're the sort of person – and I think a lot of people are ultimately this sort of person where you're at home on your Wi-Fi or at the office on Wi-Fi – most of the time, then yeah. you actually don't need a ton of mobile data and you might as well pay cheaper and use a phone that just leverages your Wi-Fi all the time, which is basically why their plan is cheaper, right? I mean, they're, they're, That's why they're, they're, they're it's, running it's, it's, over a network that you're paying for. It's,
1: it's why their plan is cheaper. It's why they can, there are small things they do. You can go on their app and you can change your phone number. You can change your phone number multiple times if you want. You can go on and change your plan, Multiple times. I mean, you know, they you could just do all this stuff. So, was
0: th- was this big change enabled by something that happened in Android, or they just got smarter about how to leverage Android? Because it seems like they needed some better operating system support as well. Here,
1: they got some operating support. In fact, some of this is also in iOS. They're they're pro. The reason they don't work with iOS has to do with with Apple policy more than anything else mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, like, who can actually? Take over, like Apple announced that it's going to treat VoIP services better in iOS 10, but maybe not quite the way that Republic needs. Um,
0: right, because ATT, uh,
1: we, yeah, right, they ATT all do. will Ver- do
0: Wi Fi calling, T Mobile does Wi Fi
1: calling, Verizon um, 2 on iPhones.
0: That's in yeah. New York, ATT Wi Fi calling is a godsend. Uh, actually, if anyone yeah, from at cellular calling is AT&T, terrible. your AT&T in New York lately has been real shaky. And I, I don't know why. It seems, you know, it comes and goes in waves. But uh, our office is particularly bad. And the 6S was the first phone that supported Wi-Fi calling. And it has been a complete revelation to just be able to run my phone calls off of Wi-Fi. But I'm still paying full price for AT&T.
1: Well, that's part of the thing. Yeah. Republic is is letting you take a discount because they're assuming you're on Wi Fi most of the time, and their stat and they keep very careful stats. They know how often their customers are on Wi Fi and how often they slip back into the backup of cellular, and it's good enough that they can charge these lower prices. So, so, so you've been so using. So the answer, it. What's the, what's the it answer like? to your question was uh, is yes. Both Android and iOS did certain things, uh, and uh, maybe the carriers too, and that. Helped, uh, but they also had to invent, according to them, a bunch of technology that allowed them to not have to be inside the hardware and modify the phone. It's a big. I I refer to it as breaking out of jail. Republic has broken out of jail. They no longer have to physically do anything to the phone.
0: And this, uh, I, it's, but historically, what what strikes me, I, I really want to hear what it's like because you used it. I want to hear what it's like to use it. But th- what's funny is to me is historically. The carriers have hated Wi-Fi. Verizon didn't have Wi-Fi on its phones, basically forever. at and line used to be, "Why would you use your crappy Wi-Fi? Our network is so good." And it was really yeah. the dawning of the smartphone era that Wi-Fi started coming to phones. And the carriers are have just been, hes- you know, they're doing this Wi-Fi calling now, but they're they're still but hesitant. But it's very
1: recent. I mean, yeah. T-Mobile did it with the iPhone six because I think the iPhone six not the 6s actually had something in it that allowed it i could be mistaken on that but uh, they they jump first because they have don't have the same size network that AT&T and Verizon do and then AT&T jumped as you pointed out and then i just i just got asked on my phone which is a, a Verizon iPhone if I wanted to use Wi-Fi um, and that's pretty recent that's very recent I think so um, oh
0: you know what it is it's iOS 9
1: okay it was iOS 9 yeah so, so I, uh,
0: iOS 9 I got iOS 9 with a 6S, right that
1: so basically sense. they you know they use Wi-Fi but they use it I think mostly as an offloading tool uh, or in places where their coverage is just – they have holes in their coverage and they don't sell a sort of Wi-Fi first or Wi-Fi default plan. And uh, Project Phi at Google uh, also uses Wi-Fi, although it, its official policy is it puts you on the network it thinks is best for the time and place. So that could be – same too as Republic uses, by the way, Sprint and T- T-Mobile. I think they also say they have U.S. Cellular, which isn't – I don't think that big. But – so primarily the same two. Uh, But Republic is unabashedly Wi-Fi first. They will make the call on Wi-Fi if there's any way for them to make the call on Wi-Fi, which is why they're so excited about this bonding thing because it allows the Wi-Fi quality to be stronger over a longer range because they're patching it on the fly, in the cloud, in – you know, nanoseconds or milliseconds, whatever it is, with uh, cellular data, and they—that's economically good for them, and they think it's good for the customers. And uh, so, here's what I found. You want to know what I found? Yes, dying to know. So, I've tested this a couple times before with the hand—not not hand, I suppose—but with the modified hardware. This was an unmodified Galaxy S7 Edge, which is sort of the premier phone that has come out so far this year. And here's the answer. It worked just as you would expect a phone to work. You had no idea you were on Wi-Fi except that it that it said Republic instead of a carrier name uh, at the top of it when you were on a Wi-Fi call. And when you were on a cellular call, because you can turn the Wi-Fi off in this and use it on cellular, obviously they would prefer you didn't, but you can then you, it would say cellular. It actually didn't say the carrier name. It would just say cellular. I did a lot of starting calls at home and then walking out the door and walking six blocks away, and the call switched over to cellular, but you couldn't tell. I couldn't tell, and the person I was talking to couldn't tell. There's not even uh, a drop in quality? There's not even a drop. There's nothing. Huh. There's nothing.
0: And that's, now, is that still running over the cell data? Or is it running over cell voice?
1: Uh, it, eventually, it, it goes to cell voice. I wow. mean, they prefer as much as possible to not have it be on cell voice, but they, they that's why they have the networks because they know that Wi-Fi, uh, open Wi-Fi at least, isn't everywhere. I did a really brutal version of the test, which to their credit, they actually invited me to do and I, whoever else will review this. And that is... Just sitting at home, talking on the phone. Using I have, was using speakerphone for this, uh, but you didn't have to be using speakerphone. I simply brute turned off Wi-Fi. Just turned it off. Just you know, pulled down the settings uh, uh, drawer in Android, touched the Wi-Fi thing, turned it off. Call didn't drop. Call continued. It's it's very smooth uh, in my tests and my experience. Somebody else may try it. Maybe they'll have problems with it. I didn't. It worked really well. Now, there's a caveat about the calls. The calls sound like pretty much cell phone calls. You know how sometimes you'll make a phone call on an iPhone and it'll sort of – you and I have actually had this experience. It'll seem to connect you over FaceTime. Yeah. Or if we're both on the same network, sometimes it'll connect you over what they call HD calls or mm-hmm. Volte calls, voice over LTE. Whatever, and the calls will sound phenomenal. Like you're in the same FaceTime
0: audio, in particular, sounds incredible.
1: It's incredible, and it's the same in a way, I suppose, as Wi-Fi. But remember, you're not making this call Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi. For the most part, you're maybe making it over Wi-Fi. But if I call you, well, maybe you're a bad example because of what you just said. But if I call, you know, our the owner of Nugget the Cat, Warren <laughs> Good, she's on. Cellular, some cellular network. So the call sounded fine and normal, as it was a cellular network call. But don't expect, and they don't. I want to make it clear, they do not make this claim. Don't expect this to be uh, some high definition audio type call. But it's a, but it's n- absolutely as good as a regular cellular cellular call, and much cheaper. So- and uh, and and with now with a variety of phones, and now with a variety of backup networks. Yeah, I mean if you if you're
0: if you're on an S7 it sounds like and you're mostly on Wi-Fi it sounds like this is a move. That the the big question I have and this is kind of the larger macro is I know a lot of people who just have mobile data plans now because their primary computer is a phone and they pay for like the cheapest Wi-Fi at home versus this idea that you're going to pay for expensive Wi-Fi at home and you know, you're gonna count on everywhere else you go to have reasonable Wi Fi and you're gonna pay for a cheaper mobile plan. That is intention in the industry, right? Like what is the most important network? Everyone will tell you that mobile is the most important thing. We have to deliver to phones, we have to optimize for bandwidth constraints. And here's a company saying, well, actually you're on Wi Fi most of the time. Yeah. And that I'm not sure where that balance falls. Well
1: I think I think it, it, it's somewhat it somewhat depends on where do you work uh, and what – or the circumstances. I think if you work as a contractor, let's say, or somebody who's out in the field a lot, uh, you, may not, you, you may not want this because, because while you're able to use it at home or perhaps in certain – you know, when you stop for lunch or, or something, you're not going to be able to use it all day in the office. People like you and I for the most part are in places all day – at work, where there's Wi-Fi, and it and, and so we could consider it. So I think that's a big consideration. But I think the point is, and and this goes to the renegade idea that you had about networks. It's all one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the cellular networks, which started out as circuit switched, are now IP. Uh, they're just coming from these very expensive, incredibly expensive national and, in, and in, uh, networks of towers in every country. And they have limitations and they have other problems. And they have to carry voice and they have to carry data and all that. Well, you know, everybody in their house also has this other thing, and every office has it. Uh, and it's pretty good, and it's also IP. It was IP. It was never circuit <laughs> right? And and uh, guess what? Voice travels fine over it. We're doing it right now. You this are. podcast for listeners who don't know, Neil I and I are not in the same room. We're not in the same state. We're doing this over uh, Skype. The magic and of IP
0: voice is happening. Yeah,
1: it's I, it's IP voice, and so we're talking about IP voice over IP voice for people that will be listening to it over (laughs) IP audio. Although some may be listening to it over cellular audio, I suppose. There's, um, There's
0: some entrepreneur who had this idea... You know, 10 years early, who's listening to this right now, screaming that, that they were right all along.
1: Oh, there there are people. I mean, I, I vaguely I remember a company called, I want to say Freedom something. And there have been others. Republic isn't the only one. But Republic and Republic is small. But they're not tiny. They're not three people. I mean, they're a small company, but not tiny. And they're solid and they claim to be profitable and are a unit of another company – called Bandwidth that does telephony services for companies like Skype, companies of that type. So there's something to them. I have happen to have met them some years ago when I was down... They're in Raleigh, North Carolina. And when I was down there to uh, have... I had some other business. I met some of them. Um, they're a serious company. They've been working steadily at hacking away all the obstacles to break out of jail. And uh, I think they're out of jail. And I, I don't... I don't know why a board of a carrier wouldn't at least in its fiduciary duty sit down and think, do we really want to reconfigure all our towers again for the next generation or build some more towers? Or do we really want to do this blended kind of approach or even primarily uh, use Wi-Fi for voice, which is, of course – uh, not going away, but not as, as important as it once was.
0: Well, let's take, I want to get into that. So let's take a quick break and hear from the sponsor that's paying for this IP voice experience uh, and then come back. Control Alt Delete is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. How cool is it that we live in a world where you can use the same device to listen to Control Alt Delete and buy your morning coffee, groceries, and more? And did I mention it's a super fast way to pay? Just use your City Card with Android Pay at the register. Get in, get it, get going. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit citycom Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city consumer credit and debit cards. Okay, so we're back. I want to get into uh, this idea of networks and what you were talking about about major carriers. You know, thinking, oh, we this is the way the innovation is going to go. That's actually out. I would never trust a major carrier to do anything smart, right? They they, they get they tend to get pushed along,
1: buffeted Eli, by forces of change. Eli, you're you're talking to someone I can out hate the carriers. Oh, man. That's, an, any that's day a whole of the week. episode of this show. I mean, I'm sending you columns where in the Wall Street Journal <laughs> I refer to them as the Soviet Ministries. Yeah. That was my name for the carriers.
0: Uh, the, AT&T actually just did a great thing with me. Um, so, I, you know, my parents use far less data than I do, so they're just on my plan. And they they signed up for U-verse TV so at called them and said, you're using all this data and you combine your universe, Just pay for the unlimited plan. It's unlimited. You, you won't even have to pay. And my dad's like, that sounds great. Uh, when you do that, instead of giving you the full 50 gigs I was paying for, they charge you about the same, say it's unlimited, but then begin aggressively throttling you after 22 gigs.
1: So is that great? Is your dad's, this is your dad's fault.
0: I, I'm not blaming for, my dad. They called. For, for they, they made the sale for, the, for
1: falling for the creepy. Yeah, AT T pitch. For it. Yeah,
0: I mean it, it's just everything they do to it, yeah. just squeeze that profit.
1: Well, market. now I'm particularly outraged. Now they're even. I even hate see them what more. I'm saying.
0: But it's their interest is in squeezing more dollar out of every bit that they send
1: you. AT T scamming Neil's dad for, or scamming dads everywhere. Scamming dads
0: everywhere. But <laughs> yeah. That means their incentive to do a plan like this Wi-Fi thing is very low, right? They, they want to sell you more data and yeah. get more money out of it. So
1: therefore, incentive. let's – I mean I, seriously, I would seriously – somebody asked me this on Twitter today. I would seriously consider switching from Verizon to Republic. But so the only, the only thing holding me back yeah. – put, let's put aside that they don't use the iPhone because maybe I would switch like you're thinking of switching. But – Putting that aside, the only thing holding me back is the two, and this is the same with Google Fi, by the way, the cellular networks that have been willing to act as backups for these Wi Fi first people, of which I think Republic is still the best example. I mean, Google is a much bigger company and could probably crush them, obviously, but Project Fi is not, you know, a giant thing yet, and yeah. we'll see. And they're not necessarily. As far as I can tell, they're not advertising themselves as Wi-Fi first, Wi-Fi default, any of that stuff. They do use Wi-Fi heavily. So, uh, the only the – only, just let me finish. The only thing is the backup networks that they – carriers that they use, which are Sprint and Timo, which both of them use, both Fi and Republic use, uh, happen to be not great where I live. And I, that would be my biggest hesitation, whereas Verizon and – I have Verizon on my iPhone and AT&T on my Android phone, and they're just a lot better than Sprint and t where I live.
0: Yeah, well, so I was going to say, Dieter has uh, Project Fi, or at least did for some time. It's only the Nexus phones, and the difference I would say is, like many Google projects, it works, it does the job, but you never get, you, you know, Google's entire existence is not predicated on this product working or failing. It, it could just go away tomorrow, right? Whereas a company like Republic, I mean, this is all they do. So there, there's almost like a, right. a bit more trust that they're, they're at least going to keep trying. So here's what I want to get into that's a bigger, kind of bigger thing. And there's two things I want to talk to you about, really. One, on this show, many times, um, I think we've brought up the uh, the history of the iPhone, where Steve Jobs actually wanted to go Wi-Fi first to escape the carriers because he thought they were hostile to innovation and wouldn't let him do what he wanted. Yes, he did. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about that in this context, if you think – that that idea is being realized. And second is this bigger notion that when you have these incumbent technology networks, it's way on the fringe, the new products uh, and new kinds of networks that actually provide a great deal of not only network innovation, but hardware innovation. So I have a I have two of your old columns here. Uh, one is your first review of XM Car Radio, and that might sound insane to the readers, But if you think about XM was before the age of data, before the age of IP voice, before the age of internet streaming audio uh, or Spotify or what have you, there was not a lot of ways to get audio in your car in real time. Uh, And so they built a satellite radio network. So 2002, get 100 channels, not on TV, but over your special XM car radio, uh, Walt reviewed it, said it was fine. There's only one line I hear I want to pull, which is just uh, a striking image that I want everyone to consider. Walt writes, January three two thousand two. I spent a week testing XM radio in a borrowed two thousand two Cadillac, and that to me just Walt tooling around blasting tunes yeah. in a Cadillac. <laughs> that it's like that's the life. That's like Walt made it anyway. But so that's but that's one example, right? And XM has been it's still there. Um, it merged with Sirius, and you know now they have a streaming service and all this stuff. The internet just ate them alive, right? And
1: yep. Absolutely. It
0: just hap- or the data networks got better and better and better, and their alternative audio network was subsumed by the internet. The second one, also from two thousand two, as it happens, uh, tw- uh, August twenty second, two thousand two, Walt reviewed Sprint PCS Vision, which was a proto data network. I, I think it was only two G speeds. Um, yep. After a year, and this is what Walt wrote in August uh, 2002, after years of delays and fa- false promises, the cellular phone carriers in the US are finally rolling out higher speed data networks that allow users to get on the internet wirelessly. Uh, I've been testing Sprint PCS Vision for a few weeks using a variety of devices, including a souped up Samsung phone that can take pictures and transmit them to the web, <laughs> a new Sprint version of the Handspring Trio, and a card you can plug into, the, into a laptop to connect to the internet. Now, what's interesting to me there is Sprint had to build a whole new network and then provision a whole new class of devices to enable that network. And there was just tons of money and effort going into both sides of that equation. I think what has happened since the explosion of data services is the amount of interest in building new kinds of networks has fallen. I think Republic is an example of... Not a totally new kind of network, but a new way of thinking about the network that surrounds
1: you. Right, absolutely.
0: And the amount of interest in new kinds of devices that connect to the network has exploded. But there's there's never been that sort of integrated thinking about the network and the class of devices as one experience that you'll connect to. And there's tons of examples of this. Microsoft used to run the Spot network that enabled a bunch of weird smartwatches. You could just go for days, right?
1: I used to call them celibacy devices. They were giant... (laughs) Really? Seriously? I I used to call my assistant in, who later became quite a fine journalist uh, who worked for us, actually, uh, Katie Barrett. And, uh, but she was just my assistant in those days. And I used to call her in and say, would you date anyone wearing this watch? And she would say she would look at it for a minute, look at it from all sides. And then she would look at the Microsoft guy and say, no. I'd say, Th- thanks, Katie. And she'd leave the room. Uh, <laughs> and I would just say, you know, it's a celibacy device. Yeah, you're I mean, never getting late. You're never getting laid wearing that. You know.
0: Oh man, there's there's somebody out there wearing a spot watch this day, even though the network's dead. Just looking at his wrist, yeah. and thinking, what could have been. But all of those devices, that whole category but of devices,
1: that was an FM network that they bought from. I want to say Qualcomm, yeah, which had had some amount of the of of the spectrum. On FM for a network whose name I can't even recall. It was it began with an M. Mio, not Mio. Mgo, but, uh, something. Yeah. We're both wrong, but something with an M. We could somebody could Google it. We could probably Google it if we weren't lazy. Nah,
0: they it. can tweet at us. Tweet at us if you know the name of Qualcomm's <laughs> defunct FM data
1: network. But you know they tried it, and Microsoft tried it, and neither of it worked. None but of it worked.
0: What was interesting is just these rollouts of these alternative networks would always come with some piece of crazy hardware and right. there's been a huge consumer benefit to standardizing the network because now a company like qualcomm can spend all of its time shrinking the radios shrinking the processors integrating the radio and all that stuff you have to do right there. so devices are getting smaller and more powerful um the networks are a little bit stagnant and you know there's a the fcc just approved 5g 5g network auction the, though they they don't know what it is yet. They don't know what it is yet. The you know the EU is having the literally the carriers in the EU just said we're not going to go to 5G unless you completely loosen net neutrality so there's a big argument brewing there. It's amazing to me how much innovation we've seen on the device side, but we got to, it seems as though we got to LTE which was fast as broadband, almost every other kind of network has been subsumed into data, into IP. And now this device explosion is happening, but I'm I'm curious that, you know, Republic to me is an idea of this hybrid network, but you don't see as many renegade network people out there, which is really a driving force in the history of technology.
1: Oh, I I completely agree with you. And but and that's why I have written, I think, maybe three columns in six years or five or six years about Republic only when they've made, you know, I haven't just written a column and say, hey, by Republic, I've uh, uh, I've written it. Uh, when they've made major major moves. The, the interesting thing about them is they haven't invented a new kind of network. And now, luckily, they don't have to invent or, or modify a new kind of device. They've taken a network we all know about a- and they're repurposing it in a way that is much cheaper for you, the cu- customer, and much p- cheaper for them than Verizon 18T are making it with with their cellular networks. And I think it's
0: smart. I, I mean, I want to ask about the, the sort of Apple connection here, because the you, know, you ended your column on, this doesn't work in the iPhone. There is some Wi-Fi calling uh, functionality in the current version of iOS, in the current iPhone. There is an iOS 10, this additional VoIP capability. But it seems as though Apple won in such a substantial way that now they have the power over virtually every carrier to do whatever they want. And they don't need to go look at these other ways of, you know, using the Wi Fi network that they tried to in the beginning. And because Android is open in what however way you wish to say that is open, these other players are able to sort of take that platform and do these strange things with them. And I, it just seems like in the beginning Apple had so little power that they were willing to make a play on Wi Fi. Before Wi Fi was even as powerful well, fast yeah, as well. Well, yeah, I mean they
1: had a lot they had enough power to uh Compel a major carrier at that time, uh, singular or uh, which very quickly became AT and T, they had enough power to compel them to allow Apple to sell a phone on their network and have no input into it. I mean, they only saw a drawing of it; they never saw the phone, and that was only Apple would have had that power uh, at that point. Uh, the trade-off, of course, was that they had to give AT and T an exclusive, and that was. The trade and that was bad for a lot of people because ATT was bad and it was an edge phone at first and you know the whole history. Here's the history on the Wi-Fi. The iPhone was, to my best knowledge, the the first phone that had the feature where it would pop up. Still does. uh, I think uh, maybe it doesn't default on anymore. uh, A feature which would pop up and tell you when there was a Wi-Fi network in the vicinity and. Steve Jobs told me that his vision – I think I've told this story before. But his vision was he could walk down the street in his neighborhood in Palo Alto and just go from this person's Wi-Fi network to that house's Wi-Fi network to that store's Wi-Fi network, whatever, and be on Wi-Fi the whole time. And then he discovered – That people put passwords on their their (laughs) Wi-Fi, that people weren't crazy about other people using their bandwidth. Even if he could – you could make a mathematical argument that you were using so little of it as to be unnoticed and all that. So – he, he did have that hope and he, and then his second iteration of it, which came along not immediately but you know a few years later when they were even more successful, was he wanted – before this was common or even in, in, there at all, he wanted to create a new standard in routers. Remember Apple yeah. makes routers uh, in which every router would have a guest uh, network, half of it. There would be two halves of the router. One would be – your network it would be private. It would be password protected. It would be, you know, as secure as possible because Apple still is was Apple then as it is now about that stuff. Uh, but there would be an open guest network and you could walk down the street and just go from house to house and never lose connection and be on all those networks. And that was kind of a dream of his that he, he actually tried to form an industry consortium uh, with some other companies – Couple of which he told me, and I and I don't feel like I should mention them. They were big companies that were in the router business, and uh, he, it just didn't happen. I mean, he put it; they put it into Apple routers. I think it's in almost every router now that you can set up a guest network. Yeah, but
0: it's not by default.
1: But it's not by default. His idea was really to go whole hog and make it by default, so that, in a way. It was very clever. You would cover a city. Remember the days when everybody wrote about covering New York City and covering <laughs> San Francisco and Wi Fi, and mayors were serious about it, and people were serious about it, and it just petered away. I mean, it just was too hard to do. And, you know, so a part, you know, Bryant Park or a couple of parks here in DC were covered. And well, it was too
0: hard other- to do, and the carriers fought against it like mad. And the
1: carriers fought against uh, it like
0: crazy. I mean, the technical but, challenges but are Steve- hard.
1: Steve Jobs being Steve Jobs decided to do it from the bottom up. Uh, if every router installed in every house automatically by default created a, an open guest network that you and, and 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 every router in every store had this uh, that you, the, the owner of the router didn't have to worry about it. You'd actually have to affirmatively go in and turn it off. This was all his idea. He was very ex- – I can remember him being very excited talking to me about it, super off the record. But but I you know – he's gone now. And if we could do that, then you would bottom up accomplish the same thing because all of a sudden New York would be covered. Uh, maybe not every square inch of New York but large parts of New York would be covered by Wi-Fi. That was just open. Yeah. And uh, it would be great. And it wouldn't even have to be like a phone, F-O-N, uh, the Spanish-based company, which uh, has something a little bit like that, but it's really more of a, of a giant – maybe I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it only works among people who also have phone uh, brand routers and it's kind of – I don't know if it's a mesh network, if that's the right term, but it's some something to do with everybody owning those things. This would be different it w- if you had a Linksys, because he wanted a consortium. If you had a Linksys, if you had a Netgear, if you had an Apple router, whatever router you had, there would be a guest network there. And yes, you could turn it off, but you'd have to really intentionally go and turn it off and, and people wouldn't and so the city would be covered. And then he would have. Then, there, then the carriers would really have way less leverage, and that, that was what he wanted to do.
0: That is a beautiful, insane hackeristic dream. Um, it's funny. Were, though,
1: they, were they of Steve Jobs? I mean, that's you know,
0: it's true. He would have had to sell. you would have had to convince a lot of people and sell a lot of routers. It's interesting. You know, Apple used to make such a big deal of rolling out new routers, and I, I don't think we've heard about airports in over a year from them. I, I, no, I agree. I, I can't remember the last time someone from Apple mentioned the word yeah.
1: airport to me. No, I agree, um, but they're they're still pretty good routers. They work. Good.
0: I mean, but it's funny because you see, you know, we started talking about phones and Wi Fi, and you, you know, Republic Wireless depends on you having great Wi Fi around you, and you can't have great Wi Fi without a great Wi Fi router. And all of the innovation there seems to be coming from tiny companies now. There's the big euro, crazy, yeah, yeah. euro. Euro. Um, there's a few of them. Um, Luma,
1: I think it's Luma
0: shipped yet. I don't I don't, know. I don't know if they've shipped yet.
1: Um, uh, I have Vero in my house. Yeah, I have a crazy
0: D Link, looks like a stealth bomber router, but it was not, it's great, it does the job. Um, and I love it, and it looks, it literally looks like it'd take off and, and kill someone. Um, so of course, I love it, but yeah, it was not the easiest thing in the world to set up, and I, I wouldn't tell. A normal person this is a solution to your needs and if you well,
1: arrow arrow was very easy to set up and i have three of them yeah and i can buy a, and if i want to buy five you know two more and put them in two other parts of my house they'll just immediately start talking to each other
0: i've heard some mixed things uh, my brother-in-law just bought them and he loves it but i've had another friend who bought one and he was saying that it he actively hates his Apple devices, which is an interesting complaint, uh, and he cannot get his uh, his AirPlay to work over it. So, but it's Wi-Fi, right? It's like inherently flaky
1: sometimes in, in these ways. I think that's well. A- I, I, I've used Wi-Fi uh, AirPlay over it. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean Air, AirPlay it, uh, over even Apple's routers doesn't work all the time. So I don't know.
0: You know, some a bunch of people tweeted at me after we had the headphone conversation, saying, "Why wouldn't they just extend AirPlay?" And that's another one. We haven't heard a peep from Apple about Airport Expresses in a while. We AirPlay is almost a stagnant technology in their stack right now.
1: They can pull that out. That
0: would be that'd something.
1: I, I am the guy that wrote the com saying that Apple has is letting the quality of its <laughs> of its apps go down. And I did not it's true that I didn't mention routers and airplay, but I think it's the same thing. I think they're I don't know what's going on, but uh, you know, I I still think the iPhone is a a wonderful device, and I think the the Macs are wonderful devices, and the iPads are wonderful devices. But I think some of the surrounding software and services um, are are not are not being refreshed and innovated upon with the vigor they once were. How's that?
0: No, I think that's fair. I think we completely agree there. I think the the point I was making is Apple's vertical integration used to extend all the way down to, we're selling you your router. We're going to take yeah. your internet connection and put our hardware in front of it, wirelessly connect to one of our devices, and then AirPlay, our streaming standard, will wirelessly connect to one of another one of our devices that is connected to our router. And we own this entire circle uh, in your home, this entire loop of how you connect to things. And lately, it just seems like that first level of your Wi-Fi network You know, the the routers might still be good, but the the amount of energy and innovation is certainly coming from other players, Uh, whether it's, you know, new router vendors or whether it's Republic that's saying we're going to put our entire phone on your Wi-Fi stack. And it's just, you know, my big whole thing about Renegades when we we opened the show was network innovation still drives all this ancillary innovation and we tend to forget it. It's Wi-Fi and mobile broadband have gotten to a good enough point where we think we can layer more and more things on them. But there's still a tremendous amount of value to rethinking what is a network and what is it good for. And I that to me is it's still very interesting and relevant. It still drives so much. But we, you know, instead it's it's Pokemon Go. We could have done a whole episode of Control alt delete on Pokemon
1: this week. No, we couldn't. <laughs> but you know no, we, we
0: tend to think of of those things as being the big tech industry moments. And really no. they tend to they tend to bubble up from other other parts of the stack
1: i i I completely agree with you i am gonna make uh, you do the
0: Pokemon show one of these days
1: yeah uh, you're not No, you're not um
0: <laughs> have you played I gotta at least ask
1: no I have not uh, and I'm not against it and I don't have anything bad to say about anyone who plays and, and your so grandkid your
0: grand- isn't old enough to make you play she's
1: it. she's not old enough And Same. she's not even allowed to use the iphone but <laughs> or 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 the or Android or any smartphone but uh uh, no, I haven't played it. I think it's fine. Uh, I th- I'm, I'm not crazy about the fact that the Holocaust Museum here in <laughs> Washington had to ask people to not go there to catch Pokemon. You know, I mean, uh, the people that made it should have been a little smarter about. Uh, uh, I know, I know a little bit about these uh, Nautica people because I they came and briefed me on their first incredibly complicated game that I couldn't even figure out. A, A reasonable way to write about some years ago um and so they're they're fine people but they should have just said you know there are certain areas places we're just not going to do this (laughs) one one of which fairly obvious is the holocaust museum yeah you really that's just not an appropriate place to do it um but And, and the, other, the only other interesting thing that we – you and I actually talked briefly about the other day, uh, yesterday, is that I ran into a, a young man, uh, prime age for this. Uh, he and his buddies are happy about it, excited about it, using it. But they're not using the AR part of it, which I think is the most interesting thing about it culturally and technologically. They're not using it. Uh, and the reason is battery yeah. Or uh, two two reasons. Number one reason is battery, that that it it really drains your battery. Use it uh, with the camera on. And secondly, uh, they actually think it's easier to find and catch the Pokemons without the the need to know where you are in the real world. I don't know, but that's what they say.
0: Yeah, and I've heard that too. There's a bunch of people in our office who've turned it off. I mean that. There you go. I mean, we could do a whole show not on Pokemon Go, but on the, the things Pokemon Go is revealing about our current class of handsets that need to be improved if that kind of technology is going to take off.
1: Well, I, I think there is a, a, a future whole control wall to about, and maybe more than one, about AR, yes. I th- which I think t- kind of gets overlooked uh, compared to VR, but I think in some ways may be more important. Not, not anymore,
0: um, and we should leave it there. Uh, and I, pr- we, th- I'm sure that AR show is coming. We just got to find an AR t- game for Walt to play that's not
1: Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against. Look, I'm, you know, it's fine. I was, I was, I was testing Republic Wireless. I was busy doing that. <laughs> yeah, I've never
0: tried to assign Walt it. a column, and <laughs> if the readers want to help me, try to push him to <laughs> write a Pokemon column. This is the week to do it.
1: Um, uh, you can do it, readers, but you're going to be ignored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's going to get in his 2002 Cadillac and speed off into the <laughs> night. That's right. All right, that's the show. I got to plug Mr. Robot, where um, I'm hosting the live online after show for Mr. Robot uh, starting next week, so episode two onward, basically. Uh, so you watch that. If you like the Vergecast, the video Vergecast, that is, I think you're going to like this show. It's going to retain a lot of that feel. It's me and Emily Yoshida and Russell Brandon. We're going to talk about the show. It's going to be really fun. Uh, hopefully... We're working on it. We're going to get some of the cast and crew to join us on the show. So, Mr. Robot, it's 10 p.m. Eastern. Our show goes live right after it ends, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, on The Verge and on USA site. Watch that. That's going to be cool. It's basically... Think super about it as,
1: I think that's going to be super cool. It's really like neat. a Game of Thrones recap, but it's in real time, live, right after the show, on video.
0: Exactly. Uh, you should think of it... We have been thinking of it as a 30-minute Verge cast about... Mr. Robot with a little bit, a little bit more structure because it's an actual show and they're going to promote it. And if if they're pro- if they if they were promoting me uh, on on TV and you turned it on, it was the Vergecast. I'd be a little embarrassed. So a little bit more polish, a little bit more structure, but very much that Vergecast vibe. So
1: you think you try- can bring that? You could think you can bring polish and structure. Uh, we're
0: damn well going to try. <laughs> <I don't laughs> All know right, it's going to succeed. Uh, then there is the Vergecast itself. If polish and structure is not for you, I host the Vergecast. On Thursdays, it goes live uh, on the internet. So on much
1: fun. So much fun.
0: Uh, good time. And then Emily herself, Emily and Liz do Virgie SP, which is oh, wonderful. Oh
1: my God. It's so great. I, seri- I, I, I sound like a shill. <laughs> I'm not a shill. I'm not. That one's really good. That, they're, they're not paying me anything to say these things.
0: Well, actually, not, we haven't paid Walt in weeks. It sucks. I know. <laughs> I
1: don't know why he's doing still...
0: uh, <laughs> it. Chris Plant does What's Tech, which is wonderful. We've got to get you on What's Tech. That's a thing we should do, Walt. All right. You should, you should whatever pick a topic you say and, and go on what's tech. And then over on the Recode side, Lauren Good uh, does Too Embarrassed to Ask, which is great. Kara does uh, Recode Decode, which highlight. I mean, just the biggest names ever. Uh, and my favorite of them all, actually, uh, Recode Media, Peter Kafka, where he asks very difficult questions of very powerful people in media, and they attempt to answer him, and they ask follow ups. It's great. That's what you want out of, out of a podcast, and he delivers it every week. Yeah, so, he does. an endless amount of things to listen to, including our show, which will be back next week. We can't uh, wait to hear from you. You can tweet at us. Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. We love we love your comments, and I particularly love getting suggestions for the intro.
1: And please leave us a five-star review.
0: Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes.
1: Anything uh, less than five stars, don't bother.
0: Yeah, you stop stop downloading the sure. show. Just get out of yeah, here. Just
1: five <laughs> stars.
0: And we will be back next week to threaten you into good online reviews once again. There we are. All right, that was a fun one, Walt. Renegades.
1: It was good, yeah.